Welcome back, everybody. Russia state-controlled international news television network, RT, is set to open a base in South Africa. RT has been banned in several countries across the globe following Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Reports say RT South Africa newsroom is currently being set up through it's still unclear, although rather it's still unclear how many South African staff, camera operators and reporters RT plans to hire as it takes a page from the playbook of what other global TV news channels like CNN International, Al Jazeera, BBC World and China's Pro Beijing CGTN have done equally on the continent. Now, earlier this year, RT was banned by the EU as well as Canada and in the UK by Britain's broadcasting operator and regulator, Ofcom. Imposed EU sanctions meant that RT abruptly went dark in the country and across sub-Saharan Africa in March earlier this year. This was as a result of Luxembourg-based companies like Intelsat and CESA flipping the kill switch on the satellite uplinking of RT's channel feed to the satellite transponders on which a pay TV operator like MultiChoice leases bandwidth to bring the channel to DSTV subscribers. So when you talk media, it's nearly every time you have to talk politics. So let's get straight into it. The politics of media, the politics of narratives, and especially how they are linked to certain countries and by necessary implication, regimes or governments. Let's have that conversation in broad terms. What, what am I saying here? What is the implication of this intro that I've just talked to Professor Admaya Mare, Associate Professor, Department of Communications and Media at UJ? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Sangerson. The politics of media. Wow, it's a big, it's a big one. Suddenly, uh, what we are talking about here, we are talking about the issue of soft power, and uh, it's about controlling narratives. So, superpowers obviously are in a race to make sure that they control uh, the narratives that are going around in different uh, parts of the world. And Africa right now is the, the the right kind of testing ground for those kinds of narratives. Obviously, in this kind of case, uh, Russia is trying to make sure that they uh, project uh, their their unprovoked uh, entry into 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 Ukraine. So, obviously, through this particular uh, uh, setting up of Russia today in South Africa. I think one, one can actually see a situation where Russia is trying to push its own narrative rather than relying on Western uh, narratives uh, being peddled around uh, the, their involvement in, in Ukraine right now. Let's even assume the worst on that. Whatever their intention is, ultimately the basis of an international news outlet is to profile that country RT, Russia, CNN, the United States, CGTN, China, BBC, the UK, Sky for that matter, the US, I mean the UK, Al Jazeera, the Middle East, specifically, mm -hmm. I think it comes out of Dubai, if I'm not mistaken. The point mm -hmm. of having an international media is to profile that country. It is to be able for that country to offer a counter narrative to whatever the going narrative about it is. So what just even off the face of it, surely that is as good a response to the establishment of RT in South Africa. So irrespective of what the narrative should be, it is simply playing off a playbook that every other international media house plays off. Indeed, indeed. So they are just doing what uh, CNN, BBC, Al Jazeera have been doing. So I think they are late in the game. But they obviously want to make sure that they are in it for, for good. Obviously, China is helping them. You know what happened when they were uh, struck off uh, DSTV or multi-choice uh, early in March? 
obviously china helped them to go back on on on, on, on the grid so obviously what is happening right now is obviously is trying to to push this multipolar uh, world where we are saying it's not only america which is at the center of trying to shape narratives but also trying to bring alternative narratives so at the center of it all obviously as you have pointed out is about profiling a uh, russian uh russian uh russian uh, uh politics but also economics so that we begin to understand even their culture so it's it's pretty much propaganda if you want to call it it's propaganda and obviously they've got uh geopolitical interests especially in, in africa Russian companies are heavily involved, especially in the mining sector in Africa. So obviously they will try and push that kind of narrative that they are coming into Africa not to, to exploit Africans or Africa's resources, but rather to make sure that they can actually uh, have a win-win situation as the Chinese have often uh, told us. Let's talk about the fact that earlier this year, the Luxembourg-based companies, Intelsat and SESSA, flipping the kill switch on the satellite, uplinking of RT's channel feed to their satellite transponders on which pay TV operators like MultiChoice, who by bandwidth there, it meant that where they distribute that feed or that content, they suddenly went into the dock. And that's why you and I could not have channel 407, I think it was, RT. Yeah. Why would that not have happened in 2003, for instance? when Bush invaded Iraq, or subsequently when the British got into the fray? And why would CNN, I beg your pardon, CNN and your Fox and other international media from the United States continue to run uninterrupted broadcasts the world over, and yet, even in American language, we've been at war in the Middle East for over 20 years. What's the difference between that and this? There's no difference. Obviously, we should have seen the same, but obviously that demonstrates the unequal relations that are happening so in, 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 our, in our world right now, where most of our, if, even if you look at multi-choice, who owns multi-choice and you know their interests, what are their interests, obviously. So if you look at all that, obviously you will see that the way in which the, the, the global economic uh, and also political uh, landscape is shaped, is shaped in such a way that America tends to, to have the fair, unfair advantage over other countries. Their narratives often tend to, to, to triumph over other, other countries. Not only that, they also often to often try to, to push this narrative that they are always uh, the policemen of the world. So pretty much what happened in 2003 and what happened this year, are similar, there are similar adventures in many, in many instances, if you want to call it. But unfortunately, nothing happened. We saw a lot of narratives being pushed, especially by CNN, where they were saying it's war on terrorism. But if you, look, if you ask me, was it really war on terrorism or it was more about uh, their own economic interests? South Africans, what are your thoughts? Would you work at RT? Would you want an RT base here in South Africa? Just this last point that Admire and I are talking about, is there a difference? We seem to think there isn't a difference, but if you feel differently, especially for that reason, I would require, I'd request, I beg your pardon, that you actually do call and educate us. Johannesburg, 714-2006. What are your thoughts generally on the presence of international media in this country? And why, I mean, in this continent, and admire that is to you now, why do we not see investments into media? It's often referred to as the fourth estate of any country, that being the judiciary, the executive, and the legislature, the fourth estate, the media. What that essentially means is it has an incredibly powerful role to play in that society. And its value is that it's not just limited to that society from which it originates, but you can distribute it 
to wherever you believe there might be a market or even an interest from one country to the other. Why would South African media houses or African media houses generally not be investing outside of our borders, outside the continent, into your Europe, into your Asia, into your Americas, into your South America, where there's, I mean, can you imagine a South African broadcaster in China and in India alone, that's already two-thirds of the world's population. Why don't we see that? I think I think you, you are right, you're very right, that we need to go beyond our, our own continent, but also we need to begin to push our own narrative as Africa, because oftentimes Africa is, is our stories as Africans are told by others and not us telling our own stories. And I think it's very important that we should have these uh, global uh, conglomerates that are coming from Africa and seeing the bigger market beyond only Africa. And I think it's very important to do that. But unfortunately, I think as we have pointed out, the issues to do with the unequal uh, relations within the geopolitical uh, uh, you know, landscape that we find ourselves. So pretty much Africa, the African uh, broadcasters are playing catch up some of them, of course, I know at some point, uh, SABC had almost like a, a continental kind of uh, a channel that they, were, that, 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 we, that, they were, that, that they were running with it, bureau chiefs all over the, the, the continent. That was that was a good uh, initiative. But of course, it's very costly to do these things. But obviously, if you're doing it from a commercial perspective, obviously, I think they could be a huge market because there are so many Africans that are living in the diaspora. So already, even if you go there, the market is there. The market is ripe for you even to go beyond uh, not only targeting Europeans or even Americans, but also even targeting Africans in the diaspora. And I think there is a market for that. But unfortunately, as we have pointed out, it has to do again with the with the failure on our own part as Africans to see at the market or the gap in those kinds of uh, countries that we are we're talking about. And of course, in relation to major media broadcasters, I mean, SABC is as international as we can have in this country because at some point it might still be, I'm not sure, but it was the biggest, if not, it was the biggest sub-Saharan Africa broadcaster. SABC, this very place from which I'm broadcasting, and I remember not so long ago, I mean, there was correspondents who were based in East Africa, some parts of West Africa, in China, in the United States, in the UK. If, say, those glory days, and I'm certain this is a conversation that should be and would be happening within the institution, to get the SABC back there, what would be the obvious benefit for the nation? And I think this is where perhaps we should understand the value of communication and media studies and journalism at large, certain, certainly something I'm not too particularly aware of. What is the real value in having an international presence as a broadcaster? I think the, the most important thing is about profiling South Africa as a country and also profiling South Africa as a tourist destination, but also just profiling our own culture as, as South Africans. And I think that is something that you, you can't outsource that. You need to tell your own story. You need to showcase what you can offer on the global stage. And I think it's very important that we begin to see that kind of a market that the more we rely on others to tell our own stories, the, the more we are shortchanged in terms of that kind of narrative going far and wide. And I think it's very, very important that SABC begin to see, of course, I know it's, it's very costly to do these things, but I think we need to, to, to see uh, beyond just the commercial imperatives of actually running these kinds of initiatives, but seeing what are the other, you know, knock-on knock impact that it can have on the economy. Because obviously right now we need a lot of foreign direct investment, we need a lot of 
tourists to come back after COVID. So there are so many things that really can actually be propelled if we actually have a, a, a continent or a, a, a transnational uh, broadcasting and cooperation that can actually go beyond our borders and begin to profile us as a country, but also to tell our own story as South Africans. I think that is the most important thing that we need to, to push. As we see with CGTN, the Chinese and pro-Beijing broadcaster, the same is true for Al Jazeera and the crown prince and the royalty of the Middle East, Dubai in particular. CNN International, we know it is pro-democratic party in the United States. Fox, we know, is pro-Republican party. BBC, um, I don't know exactly how they are structured or aligned, but certainly the Queen can do no wrong. Is there something, based on these examples, that is inherently wrong then if the SABC is largely ANC-aligned, purely on the basis that the ANC is the only political party that has won the mandate consistently for six, seven administrations from the South African public, and they are the policy custodians of the country, they are the custodians, essentially, of state resources, certainly at national level. So... Based on that, I would even argue that there's good reason, never mind the management and the how the relationship itself is managed, but for the SABC to peg its narrative on ANC-based policy and narratives, that's inherently then the global standard, or have I got this thing wrong altogether? Uh, thanks, thanks for that. I think, unfortunately, what is different about um, SABC vis-a-vis uh, CNN or, of course, maybe uh, BBC, we can't even put it in that bracket, but Fox News, for example, is that B SABC relies on taxpayers' money. And because it relies on taxpayers' money, the, 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 the general assumption thereof is that it must be impartial. It must give all the political parties, the ruling party and the opposition parties, equal coverage, and it must not be seen to be aligned to a particular... Why should it get equal coverage? The taxpayer is the ANC voter here in this instance. I'm, I'm, I'm running a particular line, and I want you to sort of take me out if you have to. The taxpayer, granted, is a South African, and yes, they want to know what's happening in the country. That's fine. But those who paid, I mean, those who voted, the majority of them voted ANC. Let's assume they are all taxpayers. Everybody who voted, let's assume that person is a taxpayer. The majority of taxpayers, by extension, therefore, voted ANC. Why can't the national public broadcaster be aligned to the government of the day, to the institution of the day? What's wrong with that? I think there's, there's something wrong with that. I would say because even if you look at the voting population, if you look at the numbers of people that actually vote, vis-a-vis -vis the population of the country, you could actually say that probably if we have 23 million that are registered voters, in actual fact, the people that end up probably voting probably are 15 million. And out of that 15 million, you then get probably 10 million saying they want ANC, and then probably 5 million saying probably they, are, they want other. So which means the other chunk, we don't know what they what, what their views are. So we can't assume that, oh, these other people also... But, but they have not given us their views. They had an opportunity to vote, <laughs> and they chose not to. Okay, fine. Yes. Then the, 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 those who have voted will speak on their behalf. It comes with the territory. I, I understand what you're saying. The majority rule uh, is, the, is, is, is the current of democracy, as you're as you rightly putting it out. But overall, overall, that's why I think oftentimes public public broadcasters like SABC oftentimes are supposed to, to 
have this kind of you know uh, you know impartial view in the, the the broadcast but of course i do understand that if for example cnn which is a it's a commercial pretty much a private if it chooses to run with cnn or to to, to anc or it chooses to run with the democrats that that's that's fair game it's, it's for them to do that because Nobody will actually say uh, we, we, we are pushing them out to do that. But in this case, we are saying if the money is coming, the, the license money and also the taxpayers are actually footing the bills for SABC. And SABC is a public, it's a public good, it's a public institution for everybody. It means that in that regard, everybody has got an equal share and they must be seen to be siding with all these other multiple actors within that particular uh, ecosystem. So I think that's the only difference. But as you rightly pointed out, even if you look at what happens with the BBC, the BBC follows the flag. No matter what happens, they follow the flag. Of course, they may not follow the, the, a particular party or to say Labour or Conservative, but they follow the flag. The British flag is never wrong. The Queen is never wrong. That's their, that's their take in terms of how they, they go about uh, reporting. And that's the basis of what I am saying. The conversation here is the presence of international media in Africa. And I am suggesting for the SABC, for instance, that could similarly be the tactic I mean, you, you could have an international feed so we can literally decide what the international community from SABC gets fed, just mm -hmm. as we could have a different feed, so to speak, to respond to all of these issues that you have raised. You could have a local feed and you can have an international feed. International true, feed, true. the mandate is clear. This is what we're covering. This is how we are covering it because these are the gains that we are positioning the broadcaster to get for the country at large. And you predicate that point on everything that you have said vis-a-vis -vis BBC, CGTN, um, the French channel, CNN. I don't know what it is, something mm -hmm. 24, CNN. You simply do that. Also, is that not a way to generate good national consensus and social cohesion? If the globe, at least we can control what they say about us, we can engage our own domestic affairs through the domestic feed, but the international feed, they must understand and understand one thing about South Africa. What's what's offensive about that? No, that's that's not that's fair and fine. I think that one I would really uh, agree with it. It's about following the flag. What would happen in, with that particular uh, um, mandate, obviously, is to push the South African uh, profile out there and make sure that the outside world understands Africa in a particular way, South Africa in a particular way, but also make sure that, uh, you know, you, you, you almost you push it out almost as an extension of inter your international relations. So that kind of Look, the international uh, channel pushes your international relations uh, perspective. That's essentially what, what ends up happening. Let's take a call from Gole in Bulugwana. Gole, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. How are you? I'm well, sir. How's it? I'm okay because mm. it seems to agree with you more of the time because you are making a lot of sense. Every broadcaster is biased to its own country and its citizens. It can be a little bit fair, but biasness will always be there. The same way that Russians want to come to Africa, they realize that the Western and everyone else is taking the space. They want to influence. It's a more or less of a propaganda. But remember, as we grow up, we know some countries are more, are more democratic than others. And we know that Russia is not really trusted in much. If I tell you today, if you are given an opportunity to go to any of the countries, no one will choose Russia. There will be very few. They will still go to America and the West that they hate because they are a little bit more liberal and democratic. No, no, so, no, 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 no. That's because their media makes you believe that. Have you lived in America? <laughs> Have you I'm lived in America? 
No, no, no. If, if all those Americans who are in, Af- in America today, the black Americans, if you ask them to come back to Africa, they will not want to come back. I'm telling you today. Why? Why? Because they are better off in America than they are in Africa. Because they have been because led to believe team. that they are better No. Off. No, not really. I'm telling you today, if you are given a bazaar to go and study, you'll want to go to Europe. No, no, I'm not disputing what US. you're saying, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm engaging the reasons why that is the view that is held, and popularly so too. It is because what they see, what they hear, what they understand, what they read, what they have come to accept as truth, is essentially I, what Donald Trump had to say about African countries. And no, I don't no, have to tell no, you no, what no. he said. Remember <laughs> when, when, Donald, when Donald Trump stand up, we know that that one is not the best one. But when others stand up, we know, because we've got a sense of assessment on our own. We can see one, the right one and the bad one. We can see. Very well. Thanks, Gole and Pulukwan. I much appreciate for your thoughts. But Admire, is, yes. this call inadvertently has made some of the points that I was trying to address. Inadvertently mm-hmm. because the gentleman is profiling between the United States and Russia, United mm-hmm. States better. Why? Because you mentioned it earlier. The United States have ensured that their culture through Hollywood is distributed yeah. Yeah. to the world, mm-hmm. through their music is distributed to the world, and that they make these people, cultural icons, not of America, but of the globe, by investing seriously and heavily there to tell what? Pro-American stories through music, through theater, through film, through motion pictures. That is the job of Hollywood. Walt Disney Pictures, um, you name these private entities which are telling pro-American stories. So, of course, if I'm given an option between Russia and China, I'm going to gravitate to, I mean, Russia and the United States. I'm going to gravitate to the United States because I've consumed more of their content, content which is designed to be positive. Indeed, indeed. I think you are, you are very right there. It's, it's essentially what we have been taught or also uh, learned to believe through these uh, cultural products is that America is the best. America is the epitome of, of everything. It's the epitome of democracy. It's the epitome of liberalism. It's the epitome of everything. So we consume Hollywood. Now we are consuming Netflix. But where is Hollywood? I always ask ourselves, if we have got to Hollywood, where, where is our Hollywood? Our own South African Hollywood, where is Hollywood? Why is it that we can't have Hollywood? If we have that, look at what has happened with Hollywood. Hollywood has actually gone out there. Yes, people have negative uh, views sometimes of the, the way how they but produce. But they're talking their, about their, their it at least, which is a start. They but they have something. They have something. So we need to start and we need to have the government actually pouring in money in the cultural sector so that we can push it out there so that the globe can see who we are. And I think it's, a, it's an important thing that we really, and the media becomes a platform through which you showcase your talent to the world. Let's take the four voice notes that have come through in the course of this segment as discussion points with the hope that we can wrap it up immediately after with my guest, Associate Professor in the Department of Communication and Media at University of Johannesburg, Professor Edmaya Mare. Four voice notes, please. Good evening, Songezo. This is GS Spacing. Songezo, uh, the intention or the main objective of a state-owned broadcaster is to feed the audience with the state propaganda and put it in the uh, in the positive light, while uh, at the same time trying to quell the propaganda against uh, the state by those external broadcasters. Thank you. This is GS Mospacing. 
Good evening, guys. I think we need a platform like RT uh, for two simple reasons. To get a different view from CNN because it was the only channel that was preaching something that is different from the CNN and BBC. Thanks, Kenneth in Freiburg. Good evening, Seven. My opinion is it's better to work with Russia rather than, I mean, the Western colony, American, European, really. It's better to listen to Asia, Al Jazeera, or Russia, because those guys, they're not going to stab you back very deep. But America and the European are still dictating Africa, really. So what I'm saying, both of them are wrong, Russia and America, but it's better someone, it's less problem Russia, really. Because they're not in interfere much like that, what they do the Western media. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, this is such an important topic, and I wish one day you could put it into the African context. Um, as someone who thinks about narratives on a daily basis in our own country, um, I feel like, you know, we need to reach a point whereby we realize that our narratives, um, as we have them now about South Africa, uh, particularly the narrative of black victimhood, number one, it disempowers us from applying ourselves in terms of the laws and everything else that we have and being able to do what we need to do to move this country forward. And two, we cannot produce proper leaders because we always place them as the heroes of our narratives. Because he went to Robben Island, because he was in the struggle, he can loot and steal as he wants. So, yeah, I feel like this is something we need to explore. This is Martin Mafiging. Interesting thoughts coming from there. Final comment from you, Admire. Yeah, so my final comment would say, uh, certainly we as Africans and also South Africa in particular, we need to push our own narratives. It's very important. I think we need to have more conversations around this. We need to make sure that we profile our own culture. We need to profile our own international relations, but also we need to make sure that we showcase our talent out to the, to the rest of the world. It's very important. And the media becomes that kind of a platform that can allow us to do that. If Russia is actually coming down here, why not go there and also do the same? I think we have got a challenge there and we need to make sure that we embrace what is happening, uh, what is being done by other broadcasters so that we can also uh, begin to do uh, more for, for our own continent, but also for our own country, South Africa. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic, Professor Admaya Mare, Associate Professor at the Department of Communications and Media at the University of Johannesburg. This